Welcome to Dogma and Devotion, the podcast that sheds light on the beauty and truth of the Catholic faith. We discuss a wide range of topics from the viewpoints of two complementary vocations of the church. I'm Ashley, here with Father Dupre, and on today's episode, we'll be reflecting on the gospel for the fourth Sunday of Advent, year B. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we are clearly still in the month that is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. We have now heard this gospel no less than three times this month in this holy season of Advent. We first heard it for the great high solemnity of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th. We heard it on December 12th for the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And now again, and one final time on this fourth Sunday of Advent, We are hearing the gospel that helps us to know how the plan of salvation was announced and who it was announced to in its fullness. It's been prophesied in Isaiah and elsewhere in the Old Testament and now is being completely laid out to a specific person, the mother of God, Mary. And that has great significance for this holy season. I I love that we do hear it three times because I think it kind of, if I was Mary, I would be freaking out. But we see it over and over and over again, her peace and her calm. And we've heard so much this Advent season from Elizabeth. And we can contrast the angel's message to Zechariah and how he was questioning and he was nervous. And there was a consequence that came from that. But whenever we look at Mary's example, she, she has a question, but it's not from a lack of faith. It's just from a want for more knowledge. Wow. Right. This is not coming from a place of doubt within her, but how can it be? And this could kind of break us into one of the other Marian dogmas, Mary's perpetual virginity. What are the roots of that? Well, tradition holds that she was given to service to the Lord from the early age of three. 
And shortly after finishing this time of training to be consecrated to the Lord from the earliest age, right? I mean, speech is just dawning within a child at age three. And we know that her betrothal was probably around age 13. So 10 years, she is being fashioned into a place for the Lord. And this is known and celebrated in the Feast of the Presentation of Mary. And so she is someone who has been courting and forming a relationship with the Lord. In her heart, she desired to be all for him from the earliest age, the age of innocence. And so she is greatly troubled. What? How can this be since I have no relations with a man? And this is a woman already betrothed. What was really in her heart, right? And so this is someone who, like Ashley is saying, is desiring more knowledge because it is someone who is already committed totally in spirit and in body to be a dwelling place for the Lord. Yeah, Luke's gospel um, is really indicative of that lifelong holiness. Uh, I Pius the Ninth, I think whenever he did the uh, Immaculate Conception dogma, he spoke about Luke's gospel and the importance of um, Mary's long life of holiness and the necessity of that. And God bless her parents, too, for witnessing this in their child. And instead of, you know, trying to form her in a different way, because, you know, sometimes as parents, we think we know what's best for our children, but for them to also hear the voice of God and lean into that and just accept that vocation that may have seemed so silly that she had starting at three, um, bringing her closer to Christ. Amen. Amen to that. And so let's bring this back in. We are finishing this holy season of Advent on this fourth Sunday of Advent. And we are doing what? We are in our final preparations to like Joseph and Mary, preparing a dwelling place for the Son of God. He is here. Birth is upon us. And so again, Holy Mother Church has us looking at Mary to understand God's dwelling place. What does it really mean? What does it have to have? What is fitting for the Lord? And again, she points us to the Blessed Virgin Mary and tie this back in with the Immaculate Conception. The Lord has already made a place for himself to dwell. Where is a proper place for the Lord to dwell? Well, we know as Catholics, we have to examine ourselves before we receive Holy Communion. Have I said yes to the Lord leading up to this time of attending Mass? As I go to prepare myself to be united with him by his presence in the Eucharist, he is our Eucharistic Lord. He is coming to dwell within me again. Is this place within myself, my soul, has there been Mary's yes? Have I been a true child of Mary? Because a true child of Mary is going to be one who says yes to the Father, just as her son, Jesus, said yes to the Father. And so beautifully, right here, paired with the Annunciation Gospel we have in that first reading, I highly recommend that you read these two together so that you're well prepared for not just the fourth Sunday of Advent, but again, to enter into the solemnity of Christmas. Because what do we hear in that first reading from the second book of Samuel? 
When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God dwells in a tent. And then the Lord responds to that, telling Nathan, Go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, should you build me a house to dwell in? No, I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. The Lord has to make this place inside of us. He has to do something so grand as to start implementing this plan of salvation by first fashioning us a new dwelling place within a human being. The Immaculate Conception. Why? Because this points to the reality of sanctifying grace. The Lord seeks to dwell within the children he has created. The children who got far away from him by learning how to say no through sin. And now there is going to be a new mother because what you give to the mother is transmitted to the children. Now there will be a place without further disturbance. There will be a gentle mother, one who is docile to the goodness of the Holy Spirit. And in Mary, celebrating her and the work God has done, we are celebrating what God is willing to do for all of us, his children. This is very, very powerful. And this stands in great contradiction as it corrects an age old lie about something that came from the thoughts of Martin Luther, one of the fathers of the Protestant movement. And uh, these are his exact words. He says in commenting on scripture and his own thoughts of what happened after the fall of Adam and Eve, man is a bad tree and cannot produce good fruit, a dunghill and can only exhale foul odors. And later on in his commentary on Psalm 51 that we call the Miserere, we've used it in the confessional to help uh, us sinners be converted and, and do penance. Luther says, how can we become purer than snow, even though the remnants of sin always cling to us? Well, we don't believe that God is doing something on the outside of us as if covering our sinfulness with the purity of snow. No. We believe that God has already started to do something inside of us because he already started doing it inside of our mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, only to point to what God is going to do with us through the power of sanctifying grace, making each and every single one of us a dwelling place of the most holy trinity. And so we are celebrating what God is doing for us as he brings a savior into the world but we've been preparing with expectation throughout this holy season and mary has been leading us the whole way we have been celebrating all of these beautiful marian feast days because in her we know what god is coming to do he's really fulfilling the promise to give us a savior he's already been saving us through mary and isn't that what makes Christianity so special if you compare it to other mythologies is God's not one of exploitation. He's just one of salvation and he's one of love. And so through all of this, we speak all the time of Mary's yes and her Magnificat and her fiat. And, um, uh, that that's the thing is that it was, it was a choice always. And her choice was always going to be yes because of her perfection, but it was a choice. 
Amen to that. I like that. There isn't any coercion. He's restoring us to the nature we originally had. Original justice, as we call it, the time in the Garden of Eden before the fall of Adam and Eve, there was only a cooperation with the creator of our nature. We were always made to say yes to our loving creator. And so there isn't a change. There's a restoration in the way we are made. Amen. Do you want to close in prayer? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mother Mary, we thank God for what work he has done in you. For what he does in you, he promises to do for us all, as you are set above as the new mother of the living, the queen of heaven and earth, as we celebrate the archangel Gabriel taking a knee before you, saying, Hail, full of grace. We ask, Mother Mary, that you share from the fullness of the grace you have received with us all that we need to be refashioned more according to the image of your Son. And we ask for these good things as we pray. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us. Our next episode, we are going to feature the readings for the Mass during the night, uh, commonly known as Midnight Mass. 